0: This is the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast, and my name is Eleanor Dooley. I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and advocate for your best self. I combine current nutritional research with the practicalities of living your life, giving you real nutrition talk in bite-sized pieces. Please remember that I am a licensed dietitian, nutritionist, and certified nutrition specialist. I am not a medical doctor, and by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you might be having. Happy New Year, Nourishing Nutrition family. It's is 2023 and I am Eleanor Dooley. I am the host and functional nutritionist and I'm so excited to be presenting to you in the new year. I'm so happy that you're listening to this podcast today and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you, specifically you listener. Thank you for tuning in week after week and keeping this podcast going. I started this about six months ago and just watching the way that it's growing is so rewarding for me, not only as a clinician and nutritional professional, but also as a woman who is learning more about her body and being confident enough to share it with other people. I'm grateful to be able to provide you with a place where you can learn more about the things that aren't really talked about in mainstream medicine, and you can feel safe that the information I'm giving you is science-based and well-researched. The podcast has been growing because of listeners like you, sharing it, talking about it, and passing it on to others in your life. So please feel free to keep doing that. And if this episode resonates with you, please let me know. You can follow me on Instagram at your.hormone.nutritionist and also Spotify and Apple or Buzzsprout, wherever you are listening to me now. Okay. So this is the time of year where we start to rethink our daily patterns, our lifestyle choices, and the things that we really want to improve in our life. I know for me, I've totally given up on new year's resolutions many, many years ago. And I think we all know that those are really just gimmicks that sell diet products and workout programs that usually don't last much past the third week of January. That is why this is the perfect time to talk about boundaries in your life. Boundaries is kind of a new buzzword term that a lot of people are using to get clarity on the things that they are creating energy for and being available for. And it's important to get some clear language about how we make the choices that we make and the reasons why we feel compelled to make them or the reasons that we are making them because that's really going to open up our eyes into making shifts on how to improve the things that we don't like in our life. So we're going to kind of open the curtain, look behind the curtain and see what is really going on with the way that we choose the things in our life. So welcome to 2023. We're so excited to start this year with a fresh start. We often don't realize what affects our bodies, emotions or hormones until we get caught up in some unbearable symptoms and go Google hunting for answers. This can sometimes lead us astray because we're raised to believe that there are simple correlations between our actions and our bodies, such as if we eat too many calories, That's the reason we gain weight. If we work out a lot, that's the reason that we would lose weight. If we sleep a lot, we should have more energy. If we drink a lot of water, we should no longer be dehydrated. But these clear and simple actions are not really how our bodies or our hormones work. It's important to find out where your hormone levels are so you can start to figure out where to go. Trying out different probiotics, weight loss programs, vitamins, minerals, diets, it does not really uncover what is going on in your body and rarely, dare I say, probably never has any of these quick pill type solutions actually led to proper rebalance with hormones and gut issues. The Hormone Happiness Project launches in a few weeks, and this is the best time to get a baseline for where your hormones are at this very moment. Getting blood work from your doctor will tell you one of two things. One, nothing is wrong. Or two, you need medication. Those are the only two things that they really are trained to say. There usually is no conversation about amplifying information designed to help you connect the lifestyle choices that you're making and your symptoms. There's no supportive meal plan or non-diet slash nutritional approach to replete the vitamins and minerals necessary to create the enzymes to properly break down the foods and toxins in your body. There is no explanation of how your hormones got to the levels that they currently are and the level that they're currently being produced at and they never will link the certain patterns in your life explaining the need for further testing, meaning finding out if they need more information for gut support or for thyroid support based on what they're seeing in your hormone levels. So why are we still relying on blood work to get the answers about our hormones? There is a much better way to do this. Dutch testing is a revolutionary way to track the patterns of hormones being made, used, and excreted. And the best part is you can do this in your own home. This is not something you have to go to a lab for or set up an appointment. This is something that is done through dried urine testing. The Hormone Happiness Project is a highly personalized group program that includes Dutch functional testing and gives you a clear view of the present hormone picture and a supportive healing protocol for you to move into the future we take eight weeks and we break down each of the contributing factors to your hormone status such as stress levels sleep digestion and of course the levels of our sex hormones we can link symptoms like low libido unwanted facial hair heavy periods migraines poor sleep weight gain and brain fog We can link those to things like estrogen dominance, which is high levels of different types of estrogen in the body, how they're broken down, how they're being kept in the body, if they are high or low testosterone, your cortisol awakening response, and also your melatonin production. Join us for the next round of the Hormone Happiness Project. It starts on January 23rd. I'm really excited about this round. Registration just opened up and when you sign up, you'll get instant access to the portal with all the meal plans and the zoom call links and the dates. And best of all, you'll get your Dutch testing mailed to your house so you can figure out the best day to take it based on which day of your menstrual cycle that you're in. And it will really just set you up for gently shifting into better practices for the new year. And this is coming up in just a couple weeks. So for more information, check out the link on my website, nourishingnutrition.net. You'll see the link for the Hormone Happiness Project and give yourself the best gift you can for this year. And this kind of goes hand in hand with talking about boundaries today. This topic incidentally is Part of the Hormone Happiness Project, as we discuss how regulating your nervous system is done through resetting your vagus nerve and clearly separating out the areas in your life that cause you stress that you might not realize is happening, we dive deep into your body's cortisol response and figure out what triggers are affecting your hormone levels. The triggers help us identify what boundaries need to be put in place. As a society, we pretty much suck at boundaries. We're horrible at it. Whether you are a people pleaser or a recovering perfectionist, most women have difficulty regulating the things in their life that support their sense of safety. A perfect example of this is being in a caretaker role. Okay, there's so much expected of you, whether you're a mom whether you're a spouse, whether you are a pet owner, whether you are taking care of elderly, whether you are caring for people in your neighborhood, being a caretaker role is a tricky little sucker because what happens is in the caretaker role, we are led to believe that it's okay for us to put other people first. We are viewed as less selfish and more generous. When we do this, it feels good to help other people, even at the expense of inconveniencing ourselves or causing us discomfort or stress or anxiety. And it goes on and on. It's this two-edged sword. This line of thinking is straight up manipulative and unfair. Since when did taking care of ourselves be something that we should view as optional or something that we should be ashamed of doing? bullshit mentality plagues so many women, myself included. So I wanted to break down what this means. It's called productivity guilt. This is basically the feeling of guilt about not meeting others' expectations or unrealistic expectations that we've set for ourselves, resulting in you increasing the amount of work you do to meet these non-existent and frankly unrealistic expectations of hyper productivity and to avoid seeming like we are doing nothing. Okay, so that was a lot of words, but this is what it looks like. I'm gonna give you six, five, six examples. And if you nod your head, then I'm gonna, willing to bet that you are experiencing this. Saying yes to favors that cause you stress because it will make someone else's life easier maybe (laughs) accepting invitations to things that you don't want to go to simply because you don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings by saying no. Pretending, I put that in quotes, to be having a good time so that you don't offend anybody or create conflict. Saying everything's fine, I'm fine when everyone knows you're not fine including you. Constant anxious thoughts about upcoming events that you do not want to be involved in, but would feel too guilty to cancel, leading to loss of sleep or short temper, skipping meals, bathroom breaks, or naps because you have committed to doing something for someone else that interferes with these personal tasks. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, that would be nice if I had time and resources for all of these extras, but I am a super busy fill in the blank. I'm a super busy mom. I'm a super busy entrepreneur. I'm a career woman. I'm a busy spouse. And I don't have the resources to take care of myself like everybody else does. And if you find yourself thinking that as sort of the protection response, I want you to realize that that statement, that feeling is what we call a limiting belief. A limiting belief is a thought or state of mind that you think is the absolute truth, but it stops you from doing certain things. I hear you, trust me, I hear you. But if you don't step up and take charge of your own time, your own health, your own mental health, your hormones, do you really think someone else is? The answer is no, you already know that. You know that you are the only person that is going to take care of yourself. Here's some great ways that I came up with that has helped me start setting boundaries in my life and really change the way I deal with stress, the way my cortisol response has improved over the past very, very stressful year. Number one, stop apologizing. If you're a people pleaser, most likely you're constantly apologizing from everything from rainy weather to saying, sorry for taking the last cardboard cup holder at Starbucks. This is really you accepting blame for things you can't control. Over apologizing comes from a fear of conflict and a fear of what others are going to think of you. So next time you catch yourself saying, Oh, I'm sorry think about if what you're experiencing is actually something that you are responsible for. Because if it isn't, you don't need to be in a place of feeling sorrow. And that's essentially what's happening. So number one, stop apologizing. Number two, make a list of five things that bring you joy. I often ask my clients, what brings you joy? What actually makes you smile and relaxation sets in where you can take a deep breath and enjoy the moment. Is it jumping under your covers and watching Netflix? Is it hanging out with friends, snuggling with your cat, walking on the beach, taking a nap, reading, shopping, getting your nails done? What brings you joy? Okay. Make a list. And then I want you to look at the list and ask yourself which one of those items you have planned to do today right oh well i was i don't really have time to do any of these things today okay we need to start prioritizing things that we enjoy into our daily life this has a direct correlation with our hormones on the dutch test we get a measurement of our dopamine which is the hormone that is responsible for us feeling joy and it is a chemical reaction that goes on in the body and if the dopamine is low it's hard for your body to make that connection with the things that bring you joy. So if you have a hard time with this number two, it most likely is more than just the circumstances in your life and getting a beat on what the Dutch testing says about your dopamine is really helpful in us figuring out how to make it better. Okay. Number three, Now, this is the opposite of number two. Make a list of what drains your energy. Are there things that really take more from you than you really give it credit for? And I'll give you some examples of what drains me. These are (laughs) triggering items for me. And if you know me in my personal life, you will probably laugh and say, yes, this is absolutely describing Eleanor. So the first one is being asked or being guilted into feeling that I should volunteer my time for tasks that seem mundane or inconsequential. When I get asked to do things that don't matter or don't make sense to me, that is very draining for me. Not that I don't say yes sometimes. I'm getting better at saying no, but feeling guilty for saying no is not a reason to say yes. Okay. Number two, feeling taken advantage of either whether it's time, energy, skill, money, good nature, Um, any of these things that somebody takes from me and doesn't plan on reciprocating, that's very draining for me. If I don't see value in providing something from me for someone else, um, the next one is wasting my time. And this one is really hard for me because my nervous system gets stressed when I'm sitting in a doctor's office and my appointment was an hour ago and I haven't even been seen yet. Now, on the surface, I know, obviously, that's the way the world. Things happen. Emergencies happen. Doctors get backed up. I even get backed up as a practitioner um, on my schedule sometimes. I mean, I understand the realities, but for me, it was internalizing it and turning it into this personal attack or uh, waste of, of my time and energy. And um I was able to use that time for something productive. So now I always take headphones with me so I can listen to downloaded podcasts that I really don't quote unquote have time for. Um, I'll bring my iPad and I can do some worksheets on my iPad, I can look at client files. I can do things with that time that I had not built into my schedule. So now I can look at these as opportunities to do things that I wanna do and I feel productive in that time instead of feeling like I was taken advantage of. So that is one way that's setting the boundary of not feeling like my time is wasted in the doctor's office taking back the power of, I get to control what I do with this time. Those are the kinds of examples that give me more space to do other things. The last one, things that drain my energy, doing favors for people out of guilt or obligation, not because you simply want to help them and be supportive for them. Okay. And the last one, so we have stop apologizing. We have make a list of five things that bring you joy make a list of what drains your energy. And the fourth one is to identify actions and people in your life that create toxicity for you. Do you have a friend or coworker that loves to gossip? Do you feel that when you get caught up in it, you don't really feel very good about yourself and the things that you're kind of getting sucked into saying or the energy that you're creating to continue the gossip? Do you follow people on social media that cause you anxiety when you see the pictures of their life, their business, their family? Do you watch TV shows or listen to podcasts that maybe keep you up all night with anxious thought? Think about the things that consume your mind. Are you doing things that make you feel expansive, helpful, useful, productive, and at peace? These are the things that can improve how you show up in the other areas of your life. Maybe you have a coworker that's particularly argumentative and it really kind of drives you crazy. How can you set yourself up to deal with the next time that this happens to you? Are you able to change where your desk is located? Are you able to mix up your schedule so you don't have to interact with them? Or are you able to invite another coworker in to help be a buffer for stressful situations? There's always something that you can do to change the situation that will keep your nervous system more at peace instead of feeling in this stressful fight, flight, freeze response. Even if it is as simple as a deep breath, establishing practices and using tools that are always available to you are the most important step for setting boundaries and sticking to them. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm a busy mom of three, I'm a business owner, I have many people depending on me for support, and I absolutely have a full plate, but, i was able to manage the requirements of my time much better once i was able to figure out what things needed my energy and what things i wanted to give my energy when i identified the actions that drained me i could flat out refuse to be available for them and this would free up my energy for things that i needed to do like carpool grocery shopping feeding my family commuting to work There is a huge difference between setting boundaries by cutting out things that drain us and things that are built into our adult responsibilities that we don't like doing. Okay, so let me be clear. I do not like getting my car serviced. Do I do it? Yes, of course I do. Number one, because I need a functioning, reliable car. Number two, because my husband would probably never let me live it down. But I'm able to make space for doing things that I don't particularly care for, like driving my kids back and forth to school three or four times a day. I'm able to make space for these kinds of things because I've freed up energy from the other things that drain me. I've stopped running around doing bullshit favors for people that don't acknowledge what I'm doing. This is how we set boundaries, people. We draw lines in the sand and we stick to them. My favorite example in my recent life from this was saying no to going to my daughter's soccer game. Um, It was a busy Saturday morning. The game was like at four o'clock. I just needed a break. We had a full week the week before. We had uh, lots of activities every evening. We had a full day of running errands and I just got sort of consumed by the responsibilities of a busy sports family. It's okay. We've all done that. i decided to choose to not go and to make sure she was looked after, she was picked up, she had support there. Um, but for me, I needed a break. I needed a break from interaction with people. I needed a break from being responsible for people. And I chose myself. Was it hard? Hell yeah, it was really hard. Uh, Did I feel guilty? 100%. I also sort of felt guilted by other people that I wasn't there. And when I was asked why I wasn't there, I was almost embarrassed to say that I didn't feel like going. I needed a break. And it was at that moment that I realized, when did choosing ourselves become shameful? I kind of smiled to myself thinking, this is the moment that I'm setting a boundary. I was able to choose myself. And guess what? Nobody died. Nobody uh, fell apart. My daughter wouldn't even remember this story if if she listened to this right now. It was important to me and it set a precedent for me to choose myself they came home from the game i was rested i felt better and i was able to engage and enjoy the rest of the evening because i had taken 45 minutes of a very very busy week and dedicated them to myself if i would have went to the game the evening would have turned out very differently because I have been to that rodeo thousands of times where everybody comes home, they're tired, they're burnout, they're stressed, everybody's arguing, everybody's just over it. And this did not happen that time. And I was so grateful for that. The last part of this episode has to do with why. Why do we feel that we have to do all of these things that don't fill us up? Okay, so it took me a little while to kind of break this down for you. And the best reason I could come up with is that we are groomed to do it. And by the time that we're old enough to think for ourselves, so many people in our lives have manipulated our feelings and told us the way that we should act and the way that we should feel and the way that we should show up. We often don't actually get to think or make a decision for ourselves. We're very worried about what others think of us, whether it's a spouse, a parent, a neighbor, PTA moms, soccer moms, the lady at the newsstand. We are worried. We are terrified that people might see us as lazy, uninvolved, self-centered, a bad mom, not put together, egotistical and the list goes on and on. But I'm here to give you permission to not give a shit about what other people think about your boundaries. You are not responsible for how other people perceive your intentions. What people think of you is none of your business. Setting boundaries is how you take back control of your life and it is how you regulate your nervous system and stay in tune with your body and your hormones. Well, that and enrolling in the Hormone Happiness Project. Jump into the next round to get answers about your body and how setting boundaries and making these fundamental shifts in your daily life will actually lead to improvement in how you feel. Getting testing and really understanding what is happening will make all the difference. So many women know that they have something going on and they just don't know where to start. Well, I'm telling you that this is where you start. Give yourself permission to put yourself back on the priority list and take care of you. So you can show up for the rest of the things in your life that bring you joy. And you can be the best that you can be. Make sure you check out the Hormone Happiness Project at nourishingnutrition.net backslash HHP. And I will catch you next week for another episode. If you are interested in learning more about me, my practice, and my programs, you can follow me on Instagram at your.hormone.nutritionist. You can follow my Facebook group, Happy Hormones and Tamed Inflammation, or visit my website at nourishingnutrition.net. Check out my free resources by subscribing to my newsletter and following this podcast. See you next week for a brand new episode.